from parachuting into the front lines of the battlefield to saving lives as a part of an emergency medicine team, our guest today is no stranger to the harsh realities of life and death. Nick Quinton is going to talk to us today on the Manlyhood Mancast. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast, and here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen, if you want to level up as a man, if you want to become a better man, we have some opportunities for you. The first one that I want to talk to you about is the Arrows and Iron Brotherhood. This is where we're going to get connected to other men who want to see us go to the level that we need to. We've got education for you there with some amazing courses that we've put together. We've also got some some tools that are going to help you to break your your goals down into actionable steps. And then we're going to help hold you accountable with some phone calls, some conference calls. We're going to help you take your goals and your dreams and turn them into actionable steps. And then we're going to help hold you accountable to those goals so that you can actually do the things that you're dreaming of. You can become the man you need to be. You can change your career. You can start something new. You can lose the weight. Whatever it is you want to do, we're going to do it with you. That's what the Arrows and Iron Brotherhood is all about. So I can't wait for you to be a part of this. We're in the works of getting it all set up. If you want to be the first to know about it, go to manlyhood.com slash brotherhood. Today's guest was in some of the first boots touching ground in Afghanistan. He served uh, as a paramedic in the UK and has some phenomenal things to talk about as he talks about his journey, the things he's learned, and he helps us apply them to our physical fitness, to our mental and emotional fitness. And this is really a great interview. So let's give a warm welcome to Nick Quinton. Nick, it is an honor to have you on the show, man. Thank you for being with me. Yes, great to be here, Josh. Really, really happy to be invited on. Yeah, so I've been uh, kind of looking through your social account and, and reading the, the material that you've sent over, and I'm like, this guy is the real deal. You've got quite a story to tell, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I'd describe it like that, but I definitely got an interesting, uh, interesting past. Yeah, tell me about what it is that you're doing now. Yeah, I, I still wear a few hats. Obviously, the, the main one being father of two, two, uh, two young boys. But, um, but uh, my, my focus and my, all my attention professionally at the moment is to try and he help uh, guys like myself um, get in great shape, physically turn up and, and be very much energized to, to provide and be there for their family and kids. So um, I kind of rebranded at the start of the year and, and my, my main focus is all around fitleandad.com. And as the name suggests, it's around uh, fitness coaching for, for guys uh, who have got families, young families, and, and maybe not, not very much time and really want to uh, crack the nut of, of health and fitness and and 
uh, health, fitness has been a massive part of my life and, and threaded through all the, all the kind of stories that maybe we'll get into around why I think it's just so pertinent and the absolute cornerstone sounds obvious, but absolute cornerstone to, to kind of living your best life and, and, and being a leader in, in the family environment. Yeah, I would definitely agree with it, though I haven't encapsulated that part of my life into that yet, and I'm still still struggling through it, so I get it. And uh, that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because I know that this is important, and I know this is something I need to work on, but I know it's something that if I talk about, then they're like, who are you to talk about that? <laughs> so I wanted to talk about it with yeah. has, has worked harder at it, you know? Yeah, and, and that that's uh, – yeah, and, and... – so that's that's what's led me here really not obviously i think you have to be a role model if you want to kind of pull people along and support them uh you have to be the message in, in everything that you do and i think that that's part of why i'm well placed to to support people like us uh in on their fitness journey and help them to progress uh for me uh you know i had some some health challenges in, in my youth around and around blood pressure um and and then i went on a, a sort of journey after i left the military into into clinical practice as a as a as a paramedic which is a slightly different role over here to to the us i'm, I'm based in the uk um and that really was a, a pivotal point for me about six years into to clinical practice and reflecting on my own situation and what I was going to be doing in terms of becoming a father uh, potentially at that point and living a, a kind of what I believe to be a healthy and energized life and a vibrant kind of existence and reflecting on what I was doing in my, my job on the, on the ambulance. Um, and also the, the patients that I were me, that I was meeting and, and kind of the, the story that I tell around that is, um, and this happened a number of times that the, the example I give is, is it was kind of very, very, uh, very late call on, on a, on a night shift. So two, three in the morning, very rainy London, <laughs> London night, as I'm, I'm sure you all listeners can, uh, can appreciate always rains in the UK, <laughs> especially at night. Um, and we, we, we turned up to this guy that was, um, uh, diabetic, uh, neuropathic. So he'd lost, uh, both his limbs to, to diabetes. Um, and, and he, I'll give you the abridged version. He, he was a, a really lovely guy who, uh, his story, his story transpired as we tried to help him up off his floor in his, his apartment where he had kind of been there for, for a long time and hadn't been able to get himself up off the floor or to to the loo and and it, it was a, a messy environment and that that guy had completely lost uh kind of any dignity and, and passion for life and it was just a very very uh, deep-seated kind of unsettling look in his eye his story that transpired and, and it was a really lovely guy and, and his stories transpired that he he you know small little changes small little habits he wasn't able to get on top of uh, some things didn't go well professionally for him um he 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 kind of added more and more weight um, and then all the chronic conditions started to pile up and and that led him to where he was and us meeting um and and he turned around to me and he you know he kind of looked me in the eye and i think he was maybe six seven years my senior uh, and he said you know if, if you're planning to have a family don't let's, let this happen to you 
and that was hugely impactful. I mean, patients say all sorts of crazy things to you when you're kind of out on the streets. But for me, that was a pivotal point and a turning point. And I probably compound that with another four or five stories like that. Guys who are maybe a little bit senior to me in, in terms of years who had, had lost lost their, their vibrancy and their energy. And I use I specifically use those kind of nebulous terms because I want people to kind of understand where I'm coming from and, and kind of incorporate, encapsulate where people are at as opposed to being more specific. Maybe we'll get down the line to the fitness and tactics um, part of it. So from my perspective, the, the journey is as important as where I am and what I'm trying to do. And I, I, you know, what's important to coming onto these sort of platforms like yours, Josh, and, and, and having that privilege is uh, not to sit on, on a pedestal of someone who's got a physique or a, a, a level of fitness or a body fat, whatever it might be, and kind of dictate what's going on, but to, just to create that supporting network, which I think is is a big part of what you're doing. And, and I, you know, for us guys at this point in our lives, I don't think we have naturally a, a support network of, of people that we can turn to. Yeah, I think that's a very true thing. I th- that's really what drives what we're doing at Manlyhood because uh, that support network, it's almost like, like it's uncool to have bros who have your back. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll, you you want to have people that if you have to go get in a fight with somebody that'll fight alongside you, but you don't have that unless you've got the guys who you've invested in, in situations across the board, you know? You got to have somebody you can call when your marriage is struggling. Mm-hmm. You got to have somebody you can call when your kids are out of line or when you're having trouble at work, and uh, that that helps men be better men. So that's why I'm building what I'm building. So yeah, you're exactly right. I think that matters, and I can picture that guy. I actually have a a, a friend who similar situation. The paramedics had to cut a hole in his house to pull him out because he was so large and he couldn't get up and. You know, and it was a sad thing. And he said the same thing to me, you know, like you, you better get yourself under control before it gets to this point. And it's, it's that thing that's haunting me. That's driving me to work on that, you know, cause I don't want to be like that someday, you know, so I get it. So I'm, I'm glad that that mm. has, has driven you. So tell me about, um, tell me about your time in the service. You were, uh, in the, in, obviously not in the U S armed forces, you're going to be what the, in the British special or the British forces. Tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so British, British airborne forces, um, uh, started off as a, as a reservist and then went into the, to the regular army here and, and deployed overseas to Afghanistan in 2006, um, which was a, a pretty spicy time to, to, get the opportunity to, to, to be out there really. And, and that was a, a really interesting chapter and reflecting on what you're saying there is, I think we, we, um, romance this notion of, of brotherhood within the military, but it is very much true. Um, and I feel very privileged to have that support network there. Now I'm outside, we still stay in contact. We still support each other. Unfortunately, the flip side of that is those guys, need more support generally because um because yeah the you know the mental health uh issues of of, of servicemen and, and guys that, that have struggled with certain things and i think to a certain uh certain regard get drawn into that world um so yeah so it's it's kind of both both sides of the coin but yeah it's a interesting chapter in my life uh 
certainly dates me now when I think it was 15, nearly 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so if you think about that from one uh, traumatic experience to another, to go from that into the realm of paramedic, you know, I can imagine that uh, the mental struggle there to, and, and, and getting that under control. I have, you know, I have family members who are paramedics as well. And that's, that's a difficult job, the things you have to see and, and handle. Yeah, I think it is. It is. And the, there's subtlety to it. Like everything in life, there's real nuance, isn't there? <laughs> We've used these big, big broad terms, but uh, the day-to-day nuance of, of kind of how we navigate it and our personal view of the world and our personal stories. Um, yeah, so uh, trauma in terms of blood and guts in the military, obviously the, there was a fair amount of exposure to that. And then you move into a, a clinical practice role where you, you're going to be exposed to that aspect of it as well is a, a kind of interesting um, maybe from a psychological perspective, an interesting pattern to to go down. I actually reflect on it slightly differently because I think the the, clin- the, the jobs that we do as, as as paramedics, if I think back there, the ones that actually are more kind of traumatic from a psychological perspective and, and the ones that I kind of take home aren't necessarily the, 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 the gunshots and the knife wounds, etc. the big trauma jobs, they tend to be a bit more mechanical um, and therefore transactional and they tend to have less of a residual effect. I think the, and I, th- I guess this is quite an interesting reflection just generally is how we view the world is the jobs that kind of uh, you bring home are the ones that are impactful on a slightly different, level around uh maybe someone who you can connect with on a similar level like the example i gave you that was hugely uh, impactful Uh, or perhaps um uh, a young child chronically unwell when you're a father and you can see how much that's going to impact that father and you have that conversation in some ways and in most ways that would have more of a of a uh, trauma response, I think. Um, and when I look back at the, the, the big jobs or the, 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 the work that I've done that, that has been uh, impactful and, and I've had to come home and really process what's going on in here in my head are, are not necessarily, like I said, around the, the, the kind of the blood and guts and the gory ones. They're more around the, the, old lady that's been left on her own that maybe there's something in her environment or in her story that connects to maybe my mother or something like that and you can see a a, a sequence of events unfolding and your brain takes over and you kind of join the dots and then that becomes a a real imprint that's hard to uh, get rid of or um you know a, a relatively young mother of two boys dies very suddenly um and you, clinically you're not really doing anything but then that's going to be massively impactful being a father of two boys and you just think how does that how does that all slot in so yeah it's it, yeah it's it's and it's interesting and i guess i guess in your in your question was around what drew me to that and i think i don't know I went, so I went from the military into, into a very secure environment. So I wanted, you know, we seek the opposite sometimes, except, especially when we're at extremes. And I went into the, the financial world and, and into IT projects and it just wasn't the world for me. And, and then I, I sort of bounced back into, into something that was more hands-on and, and, and exciting, I guess. That's what I'm seeking. Sure, sure. Well, and 
I that's one thing that I I've noticed as well. Just looking through your stuff is that you are you tend to be an adventurer. <laughs> um, and I think that's something that yeah. all men kind of crave, but a lot of men don't go after. Yeah, I, so now transitioning from kind of, I guess, a, an adventurous past and a, an, a, an exciting uh, series of careers or, or th you know, things that happen in my past into um, a coach and a kind of a mentor and a guide and a support person that can support people in aspects where they're struggling uh, it's an interesting reflection on how I've lived my life and sometimes when you're chatting to people it's it's you know people tend to think of it as kind of like, oh you've, you've always done what you wanted to do and you've always had this excitement in your life and I suppose there's a truth to that um maybe I'm just uh, kind of I've just been very selfish and, and self-directed <laughs> I probably I think that's probably more a reflection on my past but which we can talk about but the, the point I'm trying to make is um I think you know Joseph Campbell would, would, would I, I would 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 reflect that I've, I'm kind of evolving into a into a guide now and um, to steal someone else's words like I've, I've always had the the adventurous spirit and then also the belief that you know you you need to be a, a warrior before you're a king and a king before you're a philosopher <laughs> and and there's a there's a pattern to life that if you don't follow it and you try and jump in, um, then I, I don't think you're going to find the richness in firstly in, in, in yourself and in, in doing the doing. And also I don't think there's going to be as much value because the connections can be much harder to make around the journey that people are on. Yeah, I love the Joseph Campbell reference that uh, the hero's journey is, is definitely a really interesting reflection, especially as it comes, as it relates to men. I think women, go through it as well but i think it looks a little different for women but yeah no that's that's very interesting i love it uh well i was just gonna add there that we're, we're all on that journey like and a big part of of kind of what i try and transition through the fitness lens uh, it's trying to transition people through is is into really in, embodying that that journey and being the, a, a hero in their own life um and i know that's that's at the core of what your 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 mission as well and and having that self accountability and and really understanding that that no one's going to show up to 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 help you if you're not doing the work uh if you're not prepared to kind of put yourself out there and be the be the hero on your own journey oh how much truth is there in that i know that in my own health journey as i've you know lost 100 pounds gained some back you know lost 50 pounds gained some back you know that struggle the people that i will ask to come alongside me and they'll push me and they'll cheer for the victory then they don't want to help you the next time if you go back you know they get a little burned out on that so i i can understand that <laughs> yeah i mean the the, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of friction isn't there to, to really pursuing your goals whether it be physically financially or just to carve a, a slightly different path um and i think it's very human to, to to you know to kind of cheer for the underdog until they kind of get some success and then it becomes really hard for people to support you because you're you're encroaching on on maybe on their narrative and they're they're kind of questioning well and that's that's i think what it comes down to is you've got to 
stay consistent and and not just take but give and so that's the stuff that I'm working on so you talk about uh, your past and I know that there is quite a bit of a story there as well uh, with the way that you grew up and and how it affects your life today as well maybe we could talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely yeah I'm, I definitely try I'm not you know <laughs> certainly not one to, to hide things anymore um, now I've been through a process of kind of understanding and, and, and awareness that's probably how I'd phrase it but yeah so I think and, and this is probably a reflection <laughs> for anyone listening thinking god this guy's had a bit of a crazy life um, it, it's probably a reflection on my my uh, young life as to what happened in my early adult life um, and so um i lived in in greece till i was six so my, my father's greek so i've greek heritage i lived there till i was six um my mum then uh, decided to remarry and i was kind of transposed from a very um kind of nostalgic greek village life um as a, as a young boy very happy into a very alien environment in a in a british boarding school um and kind of left left and you know was left with a on reflection was left with a, a huge uh level of abandonment in in what had happened in a very very short space of time to a, to someone so impressionable um and that i think was the first real big traumatic thing that happened uh and and the real kind of uh, demarcation of of my character i think to a certain extent from then on even like, you know, all the way through my 20s, I would say to mid 30s or early 30s, I there was a massive sense of uncertainty and insecurity in my life. And and that probably drove me to, you know, sometimes good things come from dark places that probably drove me to to do the the very machismo things that, that we talked about a little bit and, and seek the the kind of the the status uh, of you know a, a, a guy's guy and, and being able to to stand up to the world maybe because I, I i didn't have that father figure in my life and and i was trying to kind of fill that void and and um uh build on the insecurities <laughs> as it were yeah i think it's amazing though that while that may have driven you it also helped to shape you into the person that you are because like you said you've got that that desire to be the guide to help others and to be that father, not only to your own children, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's really one of the things that has amazed me the most as I've been working through this journey is, is how many people are just kind of craving that affirmation and challenge and, uh, encouragement that, and wisdom that a father would have or should have provided. Yeah, and and I think you, you know life's very much about perspective, and my perspective has shifted massively entering fatherhood and, and before then entering marriage and and just maturing in life. It's always hard to we we draw comparisons without necessarily the data to back it up, but we we create these stories, don't they? These, these little stories, um, and 
for a long time, I reflected very negatively on not having that father figure in my life and also the trauma at a very young age and and growing up with such insecurities, um, always thinking that I had to be liked by the people I was with, uh, always thinking that I had to prove my worth as a man, whatever that might meant to a a young 20-year-old version of myself. Um, And and I think that that caused a lot of um, sadness in my life, if I'm honest, and, and and a lot of struggle for sure a lot of struggle the flip side of that is it, it built some some real resilience um, and some 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 fortitude to to be able to firstly do the things that I wanted to do in terms of the adventurous stuff but also reflecting now you know it, it gave me that that uh, humility to to have gone through the process the only way I was, I'm able to reflect on that now is after a, a period of really doing the deep work. And I guess that's probably a key take home from, from the stuff that I talk about now is, you know, you don't know what your barriers are until you've really dug deep and, and kind of had a real deep think about it and done the deep work, whatever that means to the individual. And, you know, that was a process of, I would say, three, four, five years. Well, if it, if it ever ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh that's the challenge once you start that work is that there's always stuff to work on. So, yes. And, but it's only, it's going to support what I would consider a rich life. Um, you know, having the humility to, to think things through from a, from a different perspective and really working hard to work through what the ego does to us as guys. Do you know what I mean? And, and these stories that that part of the brain creates that block us from seeing what, what amazing life we've got, what, 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 what being compassionate, what, what being loving, what being able to cry, what, being able to cry in front of someone can do and how much that can add to your life. I think that there's so much there, whether it's a societal, cultural or, or, or whatever, or just inbuilt in, in who we are as, as, a, as an animal being um, that, that, that is blocks us. It's really interesting to see the way that uh, the men's movement has kind of several different facets to it. You've got these men that are like, just be alpha, be hard, go all the way. And, and there's good things that they're saying as well, but I think sometimes they, they miss the point when they almost kind of force you into saying, I'm only going to think positive. I'm only going to be happy. I'm only going to be strong. I'm only going to be, you know, this one facet. When there's also parts of us that are sad and hurt and sometimes weak. And I think that when we can encompass all of us, I think that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. And, and you had uh, Ellen Reed on recently and she talked about success and, and her, her process that she's worked through um, from a scientific perspective. And I know there was a lot of tools and tactics in that show and it was really good. Um, but one of the things that really stuck in my mind is, you know, like you say, you just, if you just focus on these, these big uh, goals that are sometimes very far away and intangible um, and also don't have, depth to them you know like the like that that very generic alpha role model that maybe we were brought up with um the tough guy just tough it out it doesn't have any depth to it and there's no there's no nuance there and also it's it's such a far away goal that 
it's very hard for someone who's struggling to understand what path is going to get them to there, if any. Um, and she, you know, she talks about process and that's, that's a big part of, of the message that I have when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with guys is let's work out what kind of the minimal viable exercise routine will be or the, the, the process that's small, the habit that we can change today, tomorrow, the next weeks, and then see how we get on and, and buying into to the process of improvement versus, you know, these largely, largely fallacies of, of kind of what we should be or, or, or look like. Yeah, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense to think of it, not necessarily, like, yes, you can have some end goals in mind, but maybe just start with what can I do today? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think strategy and, and uh, so yeah, I, I, I do believe that. And I think the more so there's different different kind of coaching hats that I've had the fortune to wear. And, and you know, mainly when I'm kind of on the on the public soapbox, as I am here, I talk about fitlinglad.com and, and the fitness coaching component, because that is my primary business. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm usually talking about and directing people to. But I've done lots of uh, uh, leadership coaching uh, within the, the national healthcare system here in the UK, I've spoken to lots of doctors and, and senior managers, man, senior managers, senior managers within primary healthcare, uh, probably clocking up thousands of hours of coaching now. And it's, it's always interesting to me, the conversations and the limitations that those individuals have around the, the leadership skills and the intangible bits and pieces that really kind of allow people to firstly, understand the process and then build a, a strategy to, to get around what the barriers were. And that, that transposes exactly to what we're talking about here. And I think, yeah, to, you know, having that, you know, having that simple next step is absolutely vital and, and a big part of it. I think part of what I try to talk about, which is it's a challenge, is also combating what the brain's going to do around seeing that shiny object or seeing that model on Facebook that you think, well, you know, what, what's he doing in terms of his fitness? Because um, that's where I want to get to um, and, and kind of cutting out the noise and focusing the attention and, and having an answer to what the brain will naturally do anyway, I think is, is probably the value add of, of having a, a support network, a support, a support system. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, what the coaching process looks like when a, you know, when a dad calls and says, Hey, I need to work on my dad bod. I need your help. <laughs> what does that process look like? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm primed for this because I thought you might go down this road, but yeah, so I think there's, there's a, there's a few stages to it and the stages effectively form a, a, a feedback loop and that, that continues as, as, uh, as we progress. So uh, the, the, the first step is, is really about, um, enrollment and leverage so what i try to do is take people through uh, an enrollment process where they are, are articulating current situation and where they want to get to a and b and then the journey and we you know i think a good a good coach will help them to bridge the gap obviously but but we, we need to enroll them on the journey as a as a step one and part of that is, is the enrollment is understanding, yes, I'm doing this. These are the reasons why. And then it's about building leverage against those reasons, why you're, why you are where you are, point A, and, and why you're not at point B and, and how to get 
across that that void really and and that's no different to a sales process right <laughs> we're trying to trying to enroll people on their on their dream and and really get them to buy into why they're doing what they're doing and and that's uh, i think people get that from a whether it's a, a sales perspective or a coaching perspective but we we need to do that even if it's up you know you josh trying to do something on your own and and you, you need to enroll yourself on why you're doing it, why why it's important to you, and build that leverage. And uh, and so that is has to be step one. And I think a lot of people skip that; they just go for the tactics, go for the tools, and then what happens? We end up just jumping around and never really seeing any progress or any results because we're just jumping around. We don't really have that enrollment phase locked down. We don't understand what the leverage is, and therefore that first uh, so kind of focusing our attention is really difficult. That's step one. <laughs> um, then I think uh, we need to focus on awareness. So what's happening now in terms of, so the three things that I talk about, fitness, nutrition, and accountability, what's going on with the fitness component? Uh, is that aligned with a, an overarching strategy that's going to build towards the path you want to take? Or is it confusing as to how that slots in with a with with an end goal or a midpoint goal in a three six twelve month goal? Um, same with nutrition. So, what are we doing now? What what's going on at the moment? How can we raise our awareness to what we're doing now and and how that's either supporting us or or not supporting us? So, bringing that awareness up in fitness and nutrition is is step two. Um, and then step three is really tying those two pieces together with uh, an, a good accountability model. So it tends to be, obviously, it's a, it's a working relationship. And I think this is why coaching is effective versus kind of buying a, a, you know, a book or, or trying to just follow along. The accountability piece, you've got, a, it's a shared model, very much advocate a shared model. Initially, it's going to be hard to be self-accountable, which is why I guess people invest and, and they, they, they go for things and they go, you know, they find that support, whatever, whatever shape it might be. Um, so you're going to get more accountability from someone else, from an external factor. And then as that progresses, as the relationship progresses, as the skills progress, as the habits progress, then that accountability model needs to shift all the way till you're, you're kind of self-sustaining, you've got your habits, um, you understand, you've got your awareness and you're able to be uh, self-accountable effectively. And then it's it's time to really progress independent. Yeah. I so that's the three-step, I guess, the, 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 the straightforward three-step process in terms of thinking about how I step people through it. Uh, up, what underpins that is obviously the tools and tactics, but I try to, to, to build that as, as we go. Um, to make it bespoke for the individual uh, based on kind of where they are and when they want to get to. Uh, not to say that everyone's different from a fitness perspective, because yes, we're all different humans, but largely speaking, uh, the principles that I utilize for my own fitness are what I will advocate for pretty much most people that I work with. What I think is important about the bespoke bit is what I talked about there, which is the, the, the kind of the enrollment piece as well. And, and, having the two-way dialogue about what's going on and, and really building that self-accountability. Yeah. I, I think I like the idea that some of the things and, are unique to each person because I know, you know, if you hand me a, a diet book, you know, and say, this is what you should eat, for example. And if 90% of it is a certain kind of vegetable that I just don't like, 
<laughs> you know, we've got to work on that to have, because mm. if I, if I, if I view that as something that I hate or something I don't like, yeah, my mind needs to change and I need to change my tastes, but you know, and, and the same with workouts, you know, if there's just some people can, can do planks and some people aren't ready for planks yet, you know? So, you know, not only the, the mindset stuff that has to change, but even the practical aspect of it needs to be kind of customized a little bit, even though the same formula is eat less and move more. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, and people talk about calories in calories out as a, as a, as you know, energy balance. Yes, they are the laws of physics. However, I don't necessarily think that they have high utility for someone that's facing a challenge and not able to progress through. Um, what's, what's important for that person is going to be slightly different depending on their life situation. And I think it's so important you meet people where they're at and you build confidence in why they're doing what they're doing, what the first few steps are, why it's important why that that has value and also that the, the tempo of of progress needs to match what that individual is is doing and, and what their expectations are and i think a lot of people come to me with my background expecting you know a size 10 up their backside and, and screaming and shouting and and yes i was a physical training instructor in the parachute regiment which means i i i've had that ability to scream and shout lots and lots of people as they as they prep them for for kind of an elite forces selection but um but i don't think that's that's certainly not what i do anymore like that's not it's not the way for a an adult man in his forties to progress because you're just creating too much friction. Well, and you're also identified, you know, that model is, uh, based on you being the one leading me or whoever to fitness rather than teaching me to lead myself to fitness because your goal, obviously, I mean, you want recurring income from somebody that coaches with you for a long time, but your goal is to make them, independent and self-sustaining without you yeah absolutely absolutely and, and that's what i'm always working towards um and that's that's kind of a, a graduation really and it's funny because people when they when they hit that kind of graduation point they don't they don't tend to want to stop the support because <laughs> they enjoy the process and and that you know that having a, a, a someone there who who can can be that uh, that mirror, that reflecting point is always going to be valuable, I think. Um, and done in such a way that it doesn't feel like a dependency, it, you know, it, it can work for, for, a, for a longer period. But, but yeah, I think it, it's so important to, to factor that into to what, what we're trying to do when we're delivering fitness products or delivering nutrition coaching or, or making people accountable. I just had this crazy idea. Uh, this is the way Josh works. He's a marketing guy, right? That's, that's my background. So I'm like, you know, what you got to do is you got to figure out how to turn your graduates into your coaches so that you can scale. <laughs> like, um, like, like those multi-level yeah, marketing bits, idea, yeah. you know, like, there you go. So you graduate mm. and now you're hired. Here's how you can make you and me money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. I, I think a lot of the guys I work with are, are pretty financially successful, so I don't, yeah, don't, I'm not sure they would go for it, but I, I like it as a concept. <laughs> yeah, well, they're very much in a, in a pucker pathway, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> I, It just, just pops in my head. I've always got ideas. If I could harness all my ideas and turn them all into cool. what what they could be, I'd be a millionaire. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm the same. Like I always, I I never really con- consider myself a creative mind. And my schooling and education was science focused, I guess. Um, although my father is a musician, but um, uh, I think you know you listen to um, Seth Godin and stuff like you don't. Like you can be creative in any role. Mm-hmm. And I think I hid from the, the professional fitness persona for a long time. Uh, and I hadn't, I didn't need to, like I could, should have, I should have gone in, gone full in earlier um, because you can be as creative as you want in, in any, any, any sphere of, of life really. And, and I didn't never really clicked with me and I always wanted to be, you know, progressing and, and being able to, to create something that was a little bit creative in what I did or, or had a career path laid out for me that, that had that progression there. And, you know, I think I kind of missed the trick from that perspective coming to it uh, later on, but hey, hey. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I can see the creativity as I'm looking through the work that you're putting out and I'm like, he put, you know, you can tell there's some thought and some intention and, you know, I think it makes a big difference too in how your message is, is per- portrayed, and I think you do a good job with that, man. So we we talked about that that process. Thank you very much. Somebody decides they want to get fit, they want to make a difference in their life, they connect with you, and you walk them through the process. Um, do you have uh, a lot of people that do? You, I guess that's my question. Do you have a, a good filter for who's really in and who's like okay? I'm not going to work with you because you're not in, you know, do you have that kind of, kind of a process in there to, to weed out the people that aren't going to commit? Um, unfortunately not. Well, I guess longevity is, is the, is the test, but not, not upfront. And I don't really worry about it too much from a, from a business perspective. Uh, and I give you an interesting story, very recent story. Um, so, in a second, but I don't worry about it. So if people are happy to come on and I, my, my coaching is in effect, in, inexpensive and in, in the wider sphere. And, and, uh, I, that's, that's because I want to attract people. I want to enroll them on, on kind of uh, their own process really. Uh, therefore it does happen, right? You're going to get people that come through the doors, a much higher price point. It's probably going to happen less, but hey, that's, that's how I've set things up. Um, so people do come through the doors and get a third, a half, three quarters away down down a, a process and then kind of disappear, drop off. And that's that's what happens. I don't worry about it because I like to think that at some point they might reflect back on that and I've had some sort of impact. Um, it's unfortunate because I feel like, you know, sometimes that, that, well, not sometimes they're always the people that need more support and need, need to be listening to the messages. And that's a, that's a real struggle of, of kind of the game really is the ones that are super keen <laughs> are the ones that are going to push through, get things, get results and get through the, you know, get through the, the hoops that you set for them and, and get come to terms with it all. 
the ones that kind of come in a little bit and dip their toe or you know do 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 bits and pieces and then disappear are probably the ones that need more support and and would benefit more from doing everything really well i that's that's a bit of part of life i don't, I don't tend to worry too much because i i'm hoping that i'll have some impact on those people and it does happen sometimes they come back round. you know you're able to share messages with humility and leave doors open it's you know people do come back round, and and you know my my aspirations is that i've had some sort of impact on those guys um the the story that i was going to tell is 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 based on that so i recently had a, a prospecting conversation with someone that was very keen to to come on as a coaching client with me and um, we went through all the challenges uh, we broke down why this guy hadn't got the results so just hit 50 i believe um always carried wasn't hugely overweight but always carried some belly fat uh, since his 20s is what what he explained um and you know time had come to to kind of get do something about it never really had a strength program never really had a, a focused fitness strategy that was was aligned with where you wanted to get to nutrition was a little bit of a mess so there was obvious things to to kind of attack um, and very much brought into it uh, I left, finished the conversation. I followed up as I do. I'd like to give people a little bit of time, not jump on them too quickly. Um, I, I followed up the same day with an email uh, to which he replied saying, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not going to do your, your program. I'm not going to work with you. Uh, I'm, I've got a gym in, in the new house, a new building that I've moved into. I'm going to give that a go and, and see how I get on on my, on my own. Um, and I think... <laughs> I think like an easy reflection would be he hasn't done it in 30 years. Like what, what suddenly has changed to now for him to do it and, and get a result without support. When we went round and round around having a good solid strategy that he was able to, to execute against. So things like that do pop up and you, you feel like people uh, kind of shoot themselves in the foot, even once they're kind of down the path of speaking to someone like me or, 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 or trying to, you know, taking some real positive steps. What I would add there, actually, thinking it through, um, is a reflection around what we all do innately, I think, and especially guys, we're classic for this. And um, I think is firstly, we, do, we don't talk to other guys about our problems, our challenges. And a part of that, I think, is is this kind of barrier that we have in our head, thinking that we we can do things on our own and thinking not necessarily that we can, that we should be able to. And I think that's such a trap that people fall into, especially guys. The ego gets in the way. They feel that they should be should know about nutrition. They should know about health and fitness, that they should have the skills that they evidently don't have because otherwise they would be able to progress through and develop the habits that would move them down the, down the path. Um, and I think we all get caught up in that trap and it's such a psychological trap of thinking that we should know things. And I think culturally, I don't get too political, but culturally there's, you know, there's a lot of kind of shame and blame around how we get brought, brought up in the world. And, and, and that's what creates that trap really. But, but the way I tend to phrase it, like, you know, is it, is it reasonable that you don't know much about nutrition when you've never really focused on it, brought any awareness to it, or had any training in it? Like, would you be, would, would, is it reasonable that you step into a, into a NASA spaceship and be like, right, where's the on button? Let's go for this. Like, and you're talking about human body. It's probably more complex than that system.
Yeah, I think that there's definitely a there's a, uh, a virtue in self-reliance, right? There's something good about it. The truth is, if I want to lose weight, the only one who can do it is me. There's truth to that. But <laughs> um, the, the other side of that pendulum is that we need others to hold us to task. So I think that's a really interesting observation, and I think there's some good stuff that we can take from that. So, Nick... I like to ask all of my guests a few questions and uh, it makes, makes always makes my, my interviews interesting. I think just to kind of hear the different perspectives on them. So the first question I have for you is what does it take to be a man? So I'm primed for these. I'm pretty. Um, I think that's a difficult question to answer. The, I've got one, two, three, four things that I think would make up a good answer to this question. Uh, I think you need a resilient mind and body. So that needs to be a priority. Energy management. So that's, that's kind of a, a high level priority. Energy management on a day-to-day -day basis. So being able to manage your energy and, and a, a lot of the content I put out is about energy. Because I think firstly, lots of people aren't talking about it. Um, as, a, as a dad of a young family, it's something that I'm constantly challenged with. Um, so finding solutions is, is important to me. Um, and Energy is, is, is something that can be renewed by fitness, renewed by nutrition. And I think sometimes people frame it the other way around. Like it's going to take a lot of effort to, to go to the gym and put the work in. I have to find time to do that. And the, the reframe that I think is very powerful is if you say, no, no, I need to manage my energy. Part of that, obviously, is cutting out the noise and, and the good bits that we, we, we know we need to do. But part of that is having a, a good fitness regime and, and minding your nutrition because it's going to add value to your life. It's not going to detract. It's not. It's, it's not a. It's not a. It's not in the minus box. It's adding energy. So energy management's number two. Um, uh, the, doing the deep work that we talked about a little bit in my past to, to remove the barriers. So like I said, you, you had uh, Dr. Ellen Reed on and she talked through some really good tactics and, and tools. I think there's a step before that that stops a lot of people taking action and that's the barriers that they have the psychological barriers maybe the physical barriers but more often not psychological barriers and the only way to break through that is to really do some deep work to to uncover what stopped you in the past um what that's linked to um and how to progress through that and what what the minimal viable step is to to allow yourself give yourself the permission to to take action um, and break through those barriers um, so resilient mind and body, energy management, removing barriers. And the fourth one is, is being kind and compassionate. And that starts with yourself. Like in, it's the, for me, it's the, the antithesis to this alpha male model that we've been kind of fed around tough guy. I think we need to, to have a, uh, a resilient body and, 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 and be physically robust. However, kindness and compassion are, are at the forefront of everything that I do now when I speak to guys like myself um, and with myself as well. Um, it's unreasonable to know everything uh, or anything really. So why not start with, with humility and, and compassion? Um, yeah. So those, those are my four uh, things that I think are absolutely vital to, to being a man in the modern world. Awesome. I like that. I think I, I can relate to, to that process. So maybe that's uh, one of your next, 
next books that you should put together or write if you've ever thought about it. That'd be I'd be a really there's <laughs> enough there to put it all together. So I love it. So my next question for you is this, Nick: If you were to run into the ten year old version of Nicholas, what do you want him to know? What do you want to tell him? So I think this is a really difficult question for me to answer because I was pretty unhappy, uh, I, I think, reflecting back now. And, and, you know, it was a very turbulent time in my younger youth. Um, probably what I would want, I guess there's two aspects to it. One would be to say, like, everything's going to be all right. Like, don't worry and just give him a big hug and, and just have that 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 kind of understanding approach and not really say anything <laughs> um the, the the flip side of that the other component to it would be to say that the, the struggle now is gonna you're gonna be able to leverage that it's gonna add value to, to who you're gonna become as a human yeah i always love to think about just just my science fiction mind always worries about, you know, would we mess up the space time continuum if we, <laughs> if we, you know, would we be the same person that told that kid what he needed to hear if, you know, so, but I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that just as a kid, I knew that I needed that reassurance. It's going to be all right. And, uh, I don't, and, and there may have been people trying to give it to me and maybe I couldn't have heard it, which I think might've been part of the process, you know? We, we couldn't hear it anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's right. I think, yeah, it, it's, it's so hard, isn't it? To, to reflect back and, and yeah, I mean, I don't know about 10, but certainly my twenties, like there's lots of things I would like to have said to a 20 year old version of me, but I know for a fact they would have fallen on absolute deaf ears. <laughs> yeah. So my next question for you is what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? I've got three. Number one is seek discomfort. Everything that we've set ourselves up for now in the modern world is, is to make life easy and a shortcut what has brought us the health and, and energy that, that we had prior to having all the luxuries that we all have now and, and the comfort that we all live in. So seeking discomfort on a daily basis, I think is it is only going to add value on lots and lots of different layers, um, whether that be a, a fitness or health perspective or a psychological resilience perspective. It's, it's, it, it needs to be a factor of life um, in today's world. So seek discomfort. Number two is, is aggressive action. So clearly I've come from a, from a place where controlled aggression is, is a big part of, of what we, we're asked to do as shock troops in the airborne forces that has is still a theme in my life however i've transposed that into something that i think is much more meaningful which is taking aggressive action so don't give yourself the 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 remit that the the excuse to to try something to dabble don't the world is full of dabblers if you're going to do something do it aggressively and assertively and really go for it uh, number two aggressive action and number three the more and more i think about this and the more i mature in, in my life uh, it, you are your habits so you are sounds obvious but there's some some real uh 
a real philosophical point here that what everything that you do is is kind of on automatic most of the time and that is just a habit loop that can be broken will be broken your habits 10 years time will be different to today so be an active participant in what your habits are and how your habits are adapting um so yeah you you are your habits uh, audit and be on guard because that's that's where it's going to either move you onto the path or or drag you off the path Excellent advice. I, uh, I'm definitely going to write those down and, uh, apply them. So I definitely appreciate advice, man. That's good stuff. So if our listeners want to connect with you, Nick, what's the best way for them to, to connect with the work that you're doing? Yeah. So I invite them to really, um, I've, I've the fitleandad.com. So fitleandad.com is my new website and it's work in progress but but if they go there they can sign up to a free challenge that i run that's all about energy so health and fitness is 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 my bag and and getting people fit and healthy is is what i'm about my mission um but i I transpose that initially through the lens of energy and i have a free challenge that they can take part in and and kind of really audit what's going on build some more energy that then will allow them to knock down some of the other dominoes for me it's the big domino um, to, to progressing and moving forward. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably the primary source. Um, I'm on, on, I'm on the socials as elemental Nick, so they can, they can hit me up there and, uh, we can have a chat and I'm always, always, um, uh, always up for a conversation. Awesome. We'll make sure to link all that information in the show notes as well. So our guys can, if they're watching on YouTube, look at the description and that'll be there. If you're listening on the podcast, check out the show notes because all of his links and information will be there as well. So, Hey, Nick, I really appreciate having you on the show. This is good stuff, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely welcome. It's been an honor. Real pleasure. Real pleasure. I love the questions and I'm excited to, uh, to hear, hear how it comes out. Awesome. Thanks, man. Nick, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you and your story and the things that you've been through. Guys, if you want to show Nick some love, you want to get connected with him, please check out his links in the show notes. You can see the links in the description on YouTube, in the show notes on your podcast app, or at our manlyhood.com blog where you can see that information as well. So please click through, learn what he's doing, connect with him. If you appreciated this interview, shoot him a message and let him know. I got to tell you guys, I am grateful that you guys have been a part of what we're doing here at Manlyhood because this is not just about me. It's not just about the things I'm learning. Well, I do learn a lot and all of this information is helping me. Every interview that I do and every topic that I talk to you about is something that's helping me. And I'm really grateful that you guys are taking this journey along with me. So if you want to be a part of that, you want to discuss that, you want to be something... You want to talk about that together, the best place to do that is the Manlyhood Man Cave. So if you go on Facebook, you can join the Manlyhood Man Cave private Facebook group for men only. You'll have to answer a couple questions so that we know that you're a man, and then we'll add you to the group. So introduce yourself. We'd love to have you in there. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode with a friend that needs it. Uh, let's see if we can help others get the, get the, the benefit out of this podcast that you and I are getting out of it. Thanks for listening, guys. I want you to know that I love you and I care about you. I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. 
Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. 